You're listening to a podcast by the Center for Action and Contemplation. To learn more, visit cac.org. Welcome, everyone, to this special bonus episode to round out Season 7 of Turning to the Mystics, where we've been turning to the German mystic, Meister Eckhart. In this episode, Jim's going to present some additional resources for those who want to continue to study Meister Eckhart. And I know we've had a lot of requests from participants around what they could uh, study next. So Jim, thank you so much for doing this today. Yes, I'm I'm glad we're doing it. I hope it helps the listeners. Um, Yes, let me just, I'll just walk through this. You know, I, I would say, first of all, considering the nature of the podcast, for many of you, just listening to the talks on Eckhart is enough. You know, and I mean, it's poetic and insightful and encouraging and, and uh, it's nourishing and all of that. But for those of you that would be inclined to pursue it further on your own, I'd like to share some resources and also suggest how to use the resources in terms of the path. And so the resources, and these, there, there are other resources, but these are the main ones that I've used to varying degrees that have helped me. Um, first, uh, I think a bridge to uh, the, po- the podcast would be the little book Cyprian's by Cyprian Smith, The Spiritual Life is Taught by Meister Eckhart, The Way of Paradox. The Way of Paradox by Cyprian Smith. And it's very, it's like the podcast, it's very experiential, very simple, very direct to, to actually seeking to live by this experience of uh, divine awakening. And the other source that would also be similar is I did an audio set with Sounds True uh, titled Meister Eckhart's Living Wisdom, Indestructible Joy in the Path of Letting Go. And so they're like maybe five hours, four hours of talk similar to the podcast. And, and so there would be those two sources as a bridge similar to what we've done in the podcast. Mm-hmm. The, the other sources are very helpful in the sense in which they kind of give the academic background and sources of Eckhart. So, for example, they'll take a pat, they'll give a sermon by Eckhart. And uh, then in the sermon by Eckhart, they will uh, show the background of the Augustinian, Neoplatonic influence, the, the Aristotelian, uh, Thomistic Aquinas influence, the, the Pseudo-Dionyses, different sources, how Eckhart drew from all of those, and then how he put his own unique insight um, into that. And so these sources are very helpful, but because they're academic to some degree, we'll talk later about how to use these sources, mm-hmm. if you're so inclined, like how to be patient with it and benefit from it. So I'd like to share the ones that have most helped me in this way. Uh, the first one is Reiner Sherman, a Wandering Joy, Meister Eckhart's Mystical Philosophy. I found it to be very good, and especially the middle section on the intensities of releasement, where he poetically walks through detachment, and then how that leads to the birth of the word and the soul, and how that leads to dehiscence, or the breakthrough into the ground, with, with excerpts from the sermons that demonstrate that process. He also I think there's three sermons, and he walks sentence by sentence through these sermons, quoting the resources, the background, where it's from, and so on. I, I found that to be very helpful. Mm. With it. There's, a, there's another uh, resource that I found very helpful along the same way, and um, 
uh, it's, it's Bernard McGinn's book, The Mystical Thought of Meister Eckhart. And we're pleased that Bernard McGinn's going to be a guest um, on the podcast on, uh, on Mechtild, but also he'll be weaving in Eckhart. And it's, it's also very good, very insightful with his own insights into Eckhart's teachings and understanding the teachings. And I found that to be another source similar to Reiner Sherman. Um, the, the other sources are ones I've also enjoyed very much, but I've not studied as intensely as Reiner Sherman and uh, McGinn. One is uh, Oliver Davies, Meister Eckhart, mystical theologian. Uh, Robert Foreman, mystic as theologian. Um, and uh, Richard Woods, Meister Eckhart, master of mystics. And I thought, oh, those are all very fine. Just. I've, very, you couldn't go wrong with any of them along these same lines like this. Then, of course, there's the collected sermons themselves, like access to the sermons to read them. And in access to the sermons, there are several sources. One, Matthew Fox, who was a guest speaker on the podcast, his uh, uh, book Breakthrough, Meister Eckhart's Creation, Spirituality, and New Translation. There's another way to get a hold of the actual translation. And you have his commentary on his insights into creation spirituality. Uh, there's also um, the, uh, the, the Paulist Press series on the mystics. And I, I, whenever there's a volume on that and all these mystics, I rely on them and so on. Is that O.C. Walsh is the translator uh, of the, uh, let me find this just a moment. Oh, yes. Uh, is, uh, uh, Bernard McGinn is the editor of the Paulist Press series. It's Meister Eckhart, teacher and preacher. And he gives his own introduction. It's very fine. And then there's a number of the sermons there in that translation. There's another volume uh, also by McGinn, The Mystical Thought of Meister Eckhart. There's a few sermons there, but a lot of it is on his trial and other essays that he did. So there's a few more sermons there in terms of access to the actual sermons like this. And um, also, there, there's the, com the uh, complete sermon, uh, mystical teachings of Meister Eckhart in one volume. And, and those teachings are uh, uh, O.C. Walsh's translation, The Complete Mystical Works of Meister Eckhart. It's very fine with lovely introduction, but it's expensive. I think it's almost $100. So you have to really be committed to detachment to uh, <laughs> get that. But it's lovely to have it, you know, if you're into it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when I, anyway, that's it. So I would say those are the sources. Those Wonderful. The sources. And now I'd like to say a few words about using them, if you're so inclined. How I've used them, how I found them helpful. Is uh, two different levels. One, you, that you would take the text and uh, say Reiner Sherman, for example, on starting out with the itinerary of detachment, having a virgin mind. And you would have a notebook next to you for notes, and you would underline passages, and you would read a few paragraphs. And on your outline, as you read, and, and on your notes, you'd single out one, two, or three, or four sentences that strike you, mm. where you think that's, that uh, that insight into what Eckhart means by detachment 
See, to be free of all images is when you were not yet. What's that mean? And then also you're going to find things you don't understand. And put a line and put question marks in the margin. And let it be for now. Mm -hmm. As you keep going and you go back around, there'll be less and less question marks. You have to be patient with it. Also, especially with some of the texts where they give the Greek you know, and the Latin, and then just skip that. Don't, don't, don't worry about the Greek and the Latin, because they translate it for you. Don't be disheartened by it. And uh, so it's, it's slow going, and you kind of have to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to enjoy internalizing this kind of, uh, uh, because Eckhart was a, was a theologian. You know, Eckhart was uh, taught at the University of Paris, but he used, he was very scholarly, held the chair that Thomas Aquinas held at the University of Paris, but it was scholarly theological work in the service of transformation mm. that transcends conceptual theology. But he, he used the discipline of theology to artistically move beyond it and reinforce it. And, uh, and so, if that so pleases you, you know, I light a candle and sit down, get out your notebook and, uh, and, and go through uh, Bernard McGinn's book or the other. And it might take you, as you outline that book, it might take you a year to go through that. It'd be a year well spent. Mm -hmm. And when you're done, take a break and go back and do it again. You know, just keep repeating it. Go to another mm -hmm. one. And, be, and this way you kind of internal, along with the actual sermons. And in this way, little by little, Eckhart becomes your teacher. Mm. I mean, Eckhart, you know your way around the inner landscape of Eckhart and internalizing his teaching as, as your guide. And my last thought is personalizing this, is how to use this uh, helps me. Is how to use it is first to, to start with the sitting. Like say do a 15 minute sit in silence. And then um, do the study, like I said. Uh, like read it, uh, uh, and in the study of reading it, put the boxes on the page. So you'd you would take like two or three paragraphs, and you would outline the paragraphs by hand, Roman numeral one, capital letter A, capital letter B, so it's like this. So you get the infrastructure of the paragraph. Mm. Then put another box on the uh, underneath that, and write how have I or am I experiencing this. Or how have I or am I understanding what he's trying to help me understand here? The third box is, uh, like, what's it asking out of me? Mm. And the last box is, if I were to say it, how would I say it? Because the best way to learn something is to imagine teaching it. Mm -hmm. Because you can't teach it helpfully unless you know it. And so, and, uh, uh, so be very happy with a lot of empty boxes. Be very happy with it, but you're doing you're doing the inner work, you know, of internalizing the detailed, intuitive, awakened mind of the master, Meister Eckhart. And then after you've you've set you've done that for maybe a half hour or an hour, whatever time allows, um, then do another sitting. Mm -hmm. Do another sitting, and then at the end of this sitting, ask God for the grace to internalize the the intimate realization of what these words are about. And Reiner Sherman says, for example, he's commenting on translating Meister Eckhart from the German into English. And um, he says, we should never forget in the work of translation that Eckhart was translating the unsayable into words <laughs> without betraying the unsayable, mm. like that. See? And uh, so anyway, th th those are the sources. 
and uh, those are the ones that have helped me. And in terms of sharing these podcasts with you, this is how I've, over the years, I'm kind of sharing the fruit of how I've sat with these mystics over the years and passing on to you uh, how, how they might enrich your own life. So those are my thoughts. Wonderful. So helpful, Jim. And all those books sit on your bookshelf currently? They do, yeah. along with <laughs> others. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. well, well do. worn. Yes, the uh, McGinn book and the Sherman book, actually the covers fell off. Oh. <laughs> because what I did really, like with the sermons, I outlined the books by hand. Mm. I wrote out the books by hand along with the boxes. And it is several times, really, almost memorize the background. So then when I go back to the sermons again, you go back to them. It's, it's very similar to doing deep work with Scripture. Yeah. You know, where you take the Scriptures, like getting into the Word mm-hmm. as a living, prayerful Word. But it has several commentary, the Anchor Bible, different Jerusalem Bible, different ones. And so what is the Greek meaning of this? Or what is the Hebrew meaning in the Psalms of this? And... Um, it's almost becoming a studying scripture and then using it to enrich the prayer, you know, using it to enrich uh, the, your experience of the Word of God. And, uh, and it also gives us, I think it also, when we sit this way, we're mirroring the mystic's own mind. Mm-hmm. Because the mystic, Eckhart, for example, we may not be anywhere near one his intellectual acumen or his ability. We also might have anywhere near the extent to which there was this mystical unitive state. But when we when we sit this way, we're echoing what he did. We're echoing what he did, and through the grace of God, there can be intimate realizations given of God, given to us by God. Mm-hmm. They, they go beyond academic prowess and academic. Thing. And, and I think that would please Eckhart. Yeah. I love the saying of the Taoist sages. They say that when we, when, when we study the mystics in this way, it's like our forehead is pressed up against the mystic's forehead. And the mystic's eyebrows and our eyebrows are entangled with each other <laughs> this way. And uh, I like that imagery of yeah. that kind of ent- entanglement of, of where we walk around internalizing these timeless teachings. Beautiful. And Jim, do you feel there's like there's people are drawn to their teachers? So there might be a lot of people on the podcast who are just looking forward to Mechtild and, you know, on to the next. But there might be some people who just feel, oh, I don't want to let Eckhart go. There's something really drawing me to that work. Yeah. yeah. See, my thought is this. Um, we stay with the podcast because there's the momentum of the, cons- the constant reverberations that each mystic in his or her own way reverberates this unitive state and how to be true to it. And then what we realize, we listen to this, is certain mystics we find very interesting, like that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. But certain ones we feel drawn to. Mm-hmm. It's very personal. And we say, you know, these reflections on the cloud, like centering prayer. Merton, whatever. And so we were doing both simultaneously. We're looking across the mystics, getting the universality of the language, and then settling deeply in, like being mentored at a very deep level with one of the mystics. Mm -hmm. And and then sometimes we move on to another to be mentored by another. Mm -hmm. Like this, I was, you know, like so many mystics, so little time. There's all of this. (laughs) And and you won't live long enough to master any of it, but over time it masters you. You know what I mean? You're grateful for it, and I think that's the nature of it, I think. 
Lovely. And just to set expectations, it, it took you a, a while to really deeply understand uh, Meister Eckhart, Jim. It did. I, um, matter of fact, I sh shared this in the memoir, I think I can't remember, is that uh, for some reason, one what really helped for me, I was introduced to all of this by Thomas Burton living in the monastery. So I was living in silence, chanting the Psalms. I was committing myself to this way of life. And therefore it was very conducive to these mystical teachings. You know, when I started, and Merton kind of led me into how to read these texts and live with it. And, uh, but it's not easy. In other words, it's beautiful, but it's not evident. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so the very discipline, like an, like an, like an inner discipline, of sitting with the text and so on. So for me, for some reason, uh, St. John of the Cross and Teresa and the Cloud, I think, and Guigo, were all um, kind of uh, uh, innately uh, resonant with me. Mm -hmm. But when I read Eckhart, it wasn't. Okay. I, I read it, I only had black, and I only had one translation available at the time. I thought it was beautiful, but I didn't know how to. It took me a while to realize why, what that, was. But, uh, but then after I left and continued this practice and was in my doctoral studies, uh, then I read, uh, oh, I think there's a book I didn't put on the list, C.F. Kelly, Divine Knowledge in Meister Eckhart. That was the first one I read. I should oh, add that yeah. to the list. In yeah. uh, Venice on Knowledge in God. And uh, I went through that with a friend of mine for about a year. And then when I discovered Reiner Sherman, you know, and then McGinn, uh, little by little, the clarity came, but it, it, it took time. But once it clicked, you know, once I saw where, then he kind of joined the others for me in terms of my comfort level, you know, with what he's saying. Yeah. And your appreciation too. Yeah, exactly. His appreciation, exactly, yeah. and gratitude. Yeah. For it, I also think there's something else to be encouraging with this. Is sometimes I've worked with people one on one. With the spiritual direction, you want to walk through a text paragraph by paragraph. I find that very rewarding, really. And a lot of it really is you can see the person sincerely struggling, like something's there, and they're actually going through the process of struggling to find the words to say or to take it in. And that's how we learn. Mm. You know, that's how we learn by getting comfortable with that, almost being grateful for that process, until you get a, you get acclimated to it, it actually transforms your mind, mm -hmm. I think. And uh, I like Gabriel Marcel where he says, uh, a certain attitude must be brought to the portals of thought, humility. And uh, it's in that sense of humility, the clarity comes mm. like this. And that's, that's, the, that's the nature of it, I think. Yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. I like the way um, when you offer the questions to ask, that, that, that there's a, a question around experience because transforming the mind is also connecting it into that's right. the way we experience these things, isn't it? That's right. It's a very big point, actually, to realize this is not expository writing. They're not presenting a thesis or a theory or a theorem or a conclusion. That has a place. There are books about it, like the academic books. Mm -hmm. But it's really an experience. But it's a certain kind of experience. See, It's a certain kind of uh, intimate taste of the nearness of the infinite, you know, unexplainably one with you forever in your nothingness without the infinite. It's, it's experiencing that. See? And then the mystics try to 
help you understand what's happening to you, mm. how to cooperate with that, you know, uh, how to find your way through the obstacles of letting it transform you into itself. Of learning. And that's really the pedagogy of the mystics. Mm -hmm. They're all about that it really, because it becomes a living uh, transformation, it turns you, in, turns you into itself, like it becomes the habitual state of your ordinary mind. And that's who these mystics were. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they just breathed it. I mean, they, yeah. That's a good reminder. And also yeah, the reminder yeah. to have patience for ourselves, that even though we might be drawn to it, it's still challenging and it still takes uh, uh, patience and humility and time. And, and another thought, too, on this. Let's say you're really drawn to this. And let's say you're uh, starting to read Reiner Sherman. And you're really touched by the beauty of it and perplexed by the subtlety of it. And let's say you faithfully sit this way. You take it to your sitting, you breathe it, you walk with it. And, uh, and let's say uh, you're on your deathbed still trying to get past <laughs> paragraph four and you can't see anymore someone's reading it to you. Mm. Great job. Because <laughs> that's what it's about. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's really being sensitive to that perspective, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. That brought a tear to my eye. And um, <laughs> I'm so grateful to have... Uh, you, Jim, to guide us into those things and, and, and a community of people around you and us to, um, yes. to live, this, live life out this way. Yes. I hope I model on how to be deeply confident about being deeply perplexed. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I think I model it. that way better. <laughs> or maybe I, maybe I model being deeply com com perplexed and mildly confident. <laughs> no, but I, it's just, we said this before with Thomas Merton. Or he says, uh, there are certain things in life we have to accept or we go crazy inside. And they're the very things we can't explain to anybody, including ourselves. So it isn't, it's moving from explaining to surrendering, mm -hmm. or explaining to yielding, or explaining to move into a deeper way of understanding what it means to understand. And that's really, I think, the pedagogy. Mm -hmm. Uh, of this and everyone is personal. So we're at the edge of spiritual direction now because this is very personal, you know, how each of us follows this path insofar as we're inclined to do so. Thank you, Jim. And thank you so much for sharing those resources and giving guidance and what an appropriate way to uh, offer people further resources into Eckhart and uh, someone who's confident and not perplexed about helping our listeners is Corey and he will put the list of the resources that you just went through into the show notes so that people can um, be very clear on the books you recommended. So thanks again, Jim, and thank you, Corey. Yes. Before we leave, I just wanted to say how excited we are to be joining our listeners again in a few weeks, Jim, to start our season eight mystic. Mechtilde of Magdeburg. Yes. And uh, I love her so much. She's so mm. good. And uh, as you'll see, too, very poetic. And also very similar to Julianne of Norwich. Mm -hmm. uh, in that unlike Eckhart, these other mystics that share the insight, then they want to help us find our way along the path. She doesn't help us find our way along the path. Mm. She just shares out of the radical intimacy of her own heart. But then when we're drawn by the beauty of what she says, she's mentoring us 
there's a very fact we're touched by it, she is communicating it. So it'll be a, it's a wonderful uh, interface between Eckhart and, and, and Nick Teld and Julianne. So yes. I, I look forward to those sessions with the and people. And for those people who loved Eckhart and feel drawn to Eckhart, this is a student of Eckhart's. And so we yes. can see how Eckhart's work can translate into, into just a different charism and a different um, way of, of helping people along the path. That's right. We'll see that. The, the Dominicans, Meister Eckhart is a Dominicans, although they begin this spiritual movement these women were in that McTeld was part of. The, the, the Dominicans supported them. And uh, so it's, it's an interesting interface between these two modes of transformation, the mode of the mind transforming mind, like in Eckhart, mm-hmm. through detachment, and then the mode of a love transforming love, the transcending love, and how those two touch each other. So it's a it's an insightful interface between the two. You know. Yes, what a fabulous year for turning to the mystics. So thank you again, Jim, and thank you, Corey, for keeping us all on track. This has been great. Yes. Thank you. Do you feel called to walk a more contemplative path? The Center for Action and Contemplation is an educational nonprofit supporting the journey of inner transformation. Our programs and resources will help grow your consciousness, deepen your prayer practice, and strengthen your compassionate engagement with the world. Learn more about our resources, such as publications, podcasts, email series, and events at www.cac.org.